This is Captain James Proctor of the USS Eckener reporting. The Eckener has gone Hindenburg, and I am stranded somewhere in the Wyoming Plains. Uh, let's see, I have um, two wireless radios, one seems to be broken, and about three dozen records from the lounge. Uh, no, I was the only survivor other than Adam. Yes, the gramophone made it. Good luck. Richard, Rich, don't, what, Richard? Wrecked with Captain Proctor. Hello? Can you hear me? Sir, I believe the broken radio transmits into the future. Don't be ridiculous, Adam. disrupting my country music show. Excuse me, sir. Could you tell me what date it is? Yeah, I, I, I think it's uh, April 25th, uh, 2011. I am sorry, sir. I'll, I'll definitely make sure it never happens again. Adam, I can have a radio program. In fact, I can play the records. Uh, let's see... Uh, here's a classic.
starts moving as a dream I cut. But you the wheel is spinning and turn the school around. But we above ground, but we're cruising on a target.
listening to Rouse About by Beats Antique. Shirtwaist Fire by Rasputina. Domination by Dr. Steele. Thank you, Adam. By the way, Mr. Miller, look at me. I'm disrupting your country music. Actually, that reminds me of a band that was country 
that went to the dark side. Sugarland may not sound steampunk, but as we all know, it's up to interpretation. What they have succeeded in doing, however, is to create a very nice costumes and set, and therefore putting steampunk in the public eye. So here is the incredible machine. In your face, Mr. Miller.
Incredible Machine by Sugarland. Saturday ended at quarter past four. After the clocks were set back the night before, daylight was set by from who and why. Autumn ended at five or three. After I noticed the leaves were too dark to see, they didn't shine like they did yesterday. In my daylight, safe somewhere. Congress may cancel Medicaid, but at least I know my daylight safe. Saturday ended with the moon after the mountain swallowed up the sun. The daylight will save when it comes. Just heard Daylight Savings by Ukulele Loki's Galabout Orchestra.
in autumn by the clockwork dolls you're listening to a petrifying productions project broadcasted on koca 93.5 fm every 6 to 7 p.m friday nights to contact koca email koca at koca935.org to contact captain proctor email petrifyingproductions at gmail.com Look at this, Adam. I, I, I can hack into other radio waves as well. If I tweak it a bit here... Ah! I can channel a classic radio program straight to our listeners. Mr. Miller. Oh, one starting now. Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you... Escape! Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Escape with us now to the year 100,080 and a world where beauty and terror live side by side as H.G. Wells describes it in his immortal story, The Time Machine. Dudley, you must be mad. A time machine. Yes, my friend, a time machine. This, this thing? This very thing. This contraption, this framework made of quartz and bronze and ivory, with its levers and its dials and its seat in the middle, this is the result of three years' hard work. I promise you, Father, that on this machine a man can go wherever he likes in time. By working these levers, a man can choose his century, his year, his very day. Oh, really, old man. Time is only a kind of space. If we can move about in all the other dimensions of space, why not in time, too? It's, it's impossible. It's out of the question. Well, what are the journeys I've already taken on this little contraption? I'm afraid you've been having a bad dream. Very well. You shall have proof, my friend. How? Just climb on, Paolo. Sit in the seat beside me, face these ivory dials, and I'll take you for a little spin. Well, you... You mean right now? Right now. Or just, um... In case this thing should take off like the flying red horse... Are there any, uh, Any preparations? Uh, no, Paula, no. You won't need any luggage on this trip, not even a toothbrush. 
You'll be back here in my laboratory in less than a minute. All right. I'm on. Now what? Hold tight. It sways a good deal. I'd hate to lose you. <laughs> I can't be frightened, Dudley. Then you're braver than I am. Tell me, what time is it? It's um, just 12 noon. Before we start, I want to adjust this control a bit. Is, uh, is everything shipshape? Tell me, did you notice anything just then? Only a noise, a humming noise, nothing else. And what time is it? You just asked me, old man, it's 12... Well, that's odd. What? Well, my watch says 11 o'clock. I could have sworn it was noon a moment ago. There must be something wrong with it. It's this. only that I touched the lever to you... test it, and we've gone forward a full day. 23 hours, at any rate. Yes, but... But, Dudley... Finished scoffing, Father? Yes. Yes, I believe I have. Then hold tight. This will be the real article. I'm ready, Dudley. Good man. Well, then, say goodbye, Father. Say goodbye to 1950. He went off with a shattering jar, with the machine swaying under us. The walls of Dr. Dudley's laboratory suddenly fell away, and night was speeding after day like the flapping of a black wing. I saw the sun hopping across the sky, leaping swiftly across it every second, and every second marking a day. I saw the moon spinning through her quarters like a ball, from new to full, all in the twinkling of an eye. Trees grew and blossomed like puffs of smoke, and then passed away. And all the while we were going past her, now our pace was a year a second, so that second by second the white snow flashed across the world, and was followed by the bright, brief spring. And still we went on, into the future. How do you feel, Paula? Very weak, very dizzy. Don't let go, don't fall off. Well, where are we? How far have we come? We're in 100,050, and 60, and 70. That's enough. Stop it, Dudley. I can't stand anymore. Stop it. How long? You all right? Yes, I, I believe so. No broken bones. What happened? Not sure. Must have stopped too suddenly. Where are we, Dudley? Look around for yourself. A wide lawn, beautiful, vast garden. No, I, I meant geographically. Just where we were when we started, where my laboratory stood. And the year, Dudley? What is the year now? 100,080. It seemed absolutely incredible. A dream, but a pleasant one. For the garden in which we found ourselves was beautiful and summery with an unexpected perfume about it, almost like platine. At some distance, we could see a large and imposing building, and everything was, was quiet and peaceful, but almost too much so. And the sense of strangeness, of incredible strangeness, sent a shiver up my spine. One hundred thousand and eighty. Father, do you want to go back? Yeah, yes, I rather think I do. Let's go back. Dudley. From over there, in the bushes. It sounded human. Come on. Yeah. Why, it's a child. Seems to be a very small girl. There's been a beast here of some kind. Struggled with a look yeah. at the marks in her arms. Now, my dear, you'll be all right now. You won't be harmed. Of course, you wouldn't understand English. Motioning us to go with her. Yeah. What about the animal? Did you see it? No, not a glimpse. Too fast for us. Perhaps we'd better go back, Dudley. The girl seems to be all right now. Leave her like this? Yes, yes, I've had enough. 
Well, they haven't, old man, because they're here, all around us. They had crept up on soundless feet to surround us, the little people of this era. And the girl we'd saved was not a child, but a full-grown woman. Well, they all stood four feet high, dressed in simple tunics, beautiful creatures, but terribly frail, with a plump, soft kind of frailty. They were like eerie figures in a dream, and all we could hear was the rustling of their clothes as they surged happily around us, their faces wreathed in smiles. Why, why, they're not savage at all. They're very loving, gentle little people. Yes. There's something terribly wrong with them. How do you mean? They seem to have the minds of five-year-olds. Well, how do you expect them to be? Far ahead of us, of course, incredibly ahead of us in knowledge and in science. Look at them. Children. Yeah, but they seem happy in this huge garden of theirs. Uh, Dudley, <laughs> I've changed my mind. Let's stay. Maybe we shall enjoy spending a few days with our little friends. The little people led us home into their valley. They lived in colossal buildings, sleeping all together in one huge hall, eating in another, playing and frolicking together in the sunshine. And we lived with them for days in utter contentment. One afternoon, Dudley and I walked along the banks of the great river. Little people all wear the same clothes, the same soft, hairless skin, same feminine roundness of limbs. Yes. I wonder if it's because they're vegetarians. They're vegetarians because they have to be. You haven't run across any horses or dogs, cattle of any kind, have you? No, now that you mention it. With good reason. All extinct by now. Just as the dinosaur is with us. Dudley, there's something strange here. Something hidden away and silent here in the year 100,080. Felt the same way. I've taken the precaution of removing the control levers of the time machine, putting a master padlock on the main switches. Oh. Don't much fancy the idea of someone riding away with it into another century and leaving us here for the rest of our lives. Uh, Dudley, do you know where we are? Uh, yes, this is where we landed. Well, I thought so. I wasn't sure. But... What did you ask? What's happened to the machine? What? But they, they've taken it away. They've stolen it. This is where it was. It's right here. Look, follow the tracks. Here, where they've dragged it. Over here, yeah. come along. Down this path. Look, right there. The monument. There's a brass doors in the base. Oh. oh, they're locked. The machine. It must be in there, yes. inside. We must get it. Break down the door. How? How can we? Here, use the levers. All right, let's try. It's more. Uh, it's uh, no good, Dudley. The solid. We'll never break through. Never. No. Never. We can't we break through here. Stay here. All our lives. You may never go home again. Freddy must <laughs> open. We were caught in the year 100,080. The time machine was gone. The brass doors of the monument held. Our retreat was cut off, the thin line by which we could make our way back home, back to our own time and our own people, back to 1950. We had no way of communicating with the little people, of asking what they had done with the machine. There was nothing hostile in their attitude. They were more like simple, wandering children. Only one, the young woman, Weena, whose life we had saved on our first day had become really friendly. She went with us wherever we walked, brought us presents of garlands, of flowers, slept near us at night in the hall, 
and we in turn had taught her a few words of English. Now we redoubled our efforts like men racing against a clock so that we might speak to her and discover the secret of our immense loss. We were talking to her one night after the others had gone to sleep. No, not these, Dudley. No. How can you be so sure your people didn't steal the machine? Aren't there any thieves among them? Are they all perfect? Oh, no, no, not so loud, Dudley. You'll oh. wake them. It's fine. She doesn't understand. Thief must be sleeping somewhere in this hall. Weena, they take machines. No, Dudley, no. Who, then, who? Uh, we... We are our friends. Yes. We must have machines. Yes, Dudley. Yes. Who took machines? Other people, not yours? Other? Oh, um, what about those doors, Weena? Uh, doors open? No, no. Weena, machine in, in there must open. No, no, not open. Oh, all right. Go to sleep, get some rest. Yes, Dudley. What's to become of us, Fowler? Are we caught here in this century? We spend our lives with the little people in their secret. We'll go back to the monument tomorrow. We'll find a way of breaking in. Good night, Dudley. Dudley? Yes? Did you just... <clears throat> there it was again. What? Something on my face. Cold, filthy to the touch. On my face and in my hair, as cold as death. Dudley! Oh, You're right. Dudley. There's something in here with us. <laughs> Smells of the grave. What was it? I don't know. But look at them. Look at the little people. They're all awake. It's as though they've been stampeded. Let's get out of here. I want some fresh air. We went quickly through the hall and outside, away from the frantic rustling of the little people. The moon was full, just overhead, and it was close to dawning. There was a faint sound speeding close behind us, and we turned. Our nerves ragged, our muscles tensed. But there was only Weena coming swiftly to join us. Dudley, I'm afraid. And there is dark. something. What do you mean, Weena? It's dark. What? Dark thing. Dark face. Night. Why should they be afraid of the night, Dudley? It's not the night alone. Dark place, that's our cube. Perhaps it's something underground. <laughs> It was another day. We had wandered into a lovely wooded place about a mile from the community. And suddenly, Weena screamed. Fire! And we stopped short. A pair of glaring eyes were fixed upon us. As we stood there, petrified, the thing, a little ape-like figure, rushed across our path and disappeared in the clearing about 30 yards away. Fire. What was it? Fire. I couldn't see it too well. It seemed to be a dull white with white hair on its head and down its back. It looked like a small ape. It was running on all fours. Oh, with its arms held very low. Weena. Weena, what was it? Morlocks. They, Morlocks. Who are the Morlocks? What are they? Weena, tell me. No, no. Let's go over there and see where it disappeared. Come along, Fowler. In the clearing, we found a round, well-like opening. Dudley and I leaned over and looked down a deep shaft. A small white creature was retreating down a ladder in the well. Like a human spider, its large, bright eyes watching me as it went swiftly down. Then it disappeared in the shaft. Paula, did you see it? Like an ape? Yes, but also like a man. So there are two species of men in this world. Yes. The little people above the ground and this obscene thing, this bleached monster below. <laughs> that white look, common to animals that live in the dark. Like huge rats, like worms that are cold to the touch. I know, because they've touched Paula, me. Paula, 
You can feel the air being sucked down into this shaft. Yes. The earth must be tunneled enormously here under our feet. These monsters must live in the tunnels. I think we know now who stole our time machine. Yes. Then... Then we'll go down and have a look. No! No, not go! Why not, not go. we now? More luck. You'll never come back. We must have our machine, my dear. You wait for us here. No! No! And now it's time for Ask Captain Proctor. And we have our first caller on the line. I've been on hold here for half an hour. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Uh, so, so what was your question? What darn happened to my country music? Tragically, your country music was sucked into a hole in time and space. What? You're welcome. Join us next week and send your questions to PetrifyingProductions at gmail.com. Now, more music. Adam!
Mike, we finally took him down. We strung him up and licked him good and ran them out of town. Verdigree Patina is a peaceful town once more. And we won the copper Copper War by the Cog is dead. Approach 
by escape the clouds. to check that his workshop back window was closed. No, I'm not a burglar, and I'm no vandal, nor the old man had to suffer, but I wanted something more. I wanted him to feel it, and know it was me, and I knew that his clocks were the key. I sat in his workshop, my thoughts running wild, and it suddenly hit me, and I looked up and smiled, for I knew that I'd have him, and I knew that I'd do it in style. wound springs and the gentleman's pocket watch stays by his heart and that's where the damage can start now I'm no machine but I can work when I choose with hands good as any when I've something to prove So I stayed up all night Among cog springs and screws And I didn't stop till I was through I rigged up a watch to do more than just shine And I didn't balk once And the depth of my crime 
that's still kept impeccable time. Maker's Apprentice by the Clockwork Quartet. Since this is my first podcast, I will be a little more casual in the future, but uh, please feel free to give me critiques. Uh, anyway, I guess it's time for me to sign off. This is Captain Proctor saying goodbye from the middle of nowhere. Adam, roll the credits. I've got to find some tea. Airship Wrecked with Captain Proctor is created by London Homer Wambium and produced by Petrifying Productions. Visit them online at tinyurl.com slash Productions. Theme music by Kevin McLeod. Mm-hmm.